welcome to the Hillington Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust podcast. Hello and welcome to Anna Nelson, the Chief Executive of Access Able. Our trust has become the latest NHS trust to partner with Access Able to provide access guides to our hospitals. The guides are both online and on the Access Able app, giving patients, visitors and staff the ability to plan their journeys to and around the hospital sites. Hi, thanks for chatting to me today. Can you tell me more about the Access Guides? Hi, Lucy. So yes, so the Access Guides are published online, so you can find them on our website, accessable.co.uk, on our free app that you can download from um, Google Play and App Store, which is just called Accessable, and you'll find it also signposted via the Trust website. And the Access Guides um, effectively have been broken down by the different patient journeys that you would make at either of the hospitals. So for example, if you were going to outpatients or to X-ray or to ENT, we have an access guide which literally talks you through step-by-step the patient journey from arriving on site to getting to that particular department or ward and then the facilities within it. And the information you'll find in an access guide is all facts, measurements, photographs. So someone with an access need can have a look in advance and see whether that particular area of the hospital is gonna work for their own access requirements. And you've talked about people with access needs, but um, people without access needs, people that um, have you know, full sight and whatnot, they can also use these guides in order to find their way around the hospitals. Yeah, absolutely. So we, so the access guides uh, were originally developed for people with any form of access requirements. So it might be someone with mobility impairment, sensory loss, someone who's neurodiverse. But actually, because hospitals are such complex places, uh, they can yeah. be really helpful to everybody. And also we're finding quite a lot of people who perhaps need to know more about, say, walking distances or resting points where toilets are, find them really helpful. Maybe if that's become more important as a part of, say, a treatment journey, if they're receiving cancer care, for example, or just someone who's, you know, broken their leg and suddenly needs to know a little bit more about navigating around when walking is more difficult. Yeah, I mean, for anybody, a hospital can be a daunting place. For a start, it can be, you know, the the layout can be really confusing because you've got bits that have been built that are new and bits that are old and it doesn't always you know it can be a daunting experience for anybody but also because you might be going in to get treatment which might make you feel nervous obviously we've got a hospital that's being redeveloped how were the surveys of the hospitals done to to make the access guides so the everywhere that you'll find on our, our website, so all of the different places you'll see featured all the different hospitals and, and other places too, we have a team of surveyors who come on site and they literally travel each of the routes to each of the departments, then look around the departments and they collect all of this information. So for each, say, department or ward, they've looked at hundreds of pieces of information about getting there and then within the ward themselves. So they're taking photographs, they're taking measurements, they're um, answering key questions that we know are really important, things like, you know, what side is the transfer space in an accessible toilet, for example, if someone can only transfer onto the loo one way. So we had a team of surveyors on site at both hospitals for around eight weeks. Um, and obviously, as you said, that the hospital is being redeveloped, so we're making sure that we did it in such a way that we collected the information that was going to be most useful and up to date for that um, particular part of the hospital. But yeah, the key thing is people going there and looking at it in depth. And our surveying team, we have about half our workforce, about 45 surveyors working for us in total, and they use a unique piece of technology and data capture tool to ensure consistency of data and that actually what we are collecting is going to be the most useful information for that end user. 
And you mentioned both hospitals. Well, so we, as a trust, we run services from two hospitals, Hillingdon Hospital and Mount Vernon Hospital. You, you cover both of them? Yes, yeah, we've covered both of those. Um, and also we'll be keeping that information for both of those sites up to date, because that's, of course, once the information's there for people to use, it's really important that we're making sure we're reflecting all the changes that, that may be going on at both of those too. And so who are the guides for? You mentioned a, a little bit about that. How do people access them? So they can be accessed via our website, which is accessable.co.uk, um, and via our app, which is just called Accessable, and you can find that in Google Play and App Store. And we've also been working with the trust to make sure that when the trust website, you perhaps you know get your patient letter and you want a bit more information, so you go onto the trust website where, where there's a specific page about a service that you're accessing, there'll be a link to the access guide that corresponds. We're trying to make it really easy. And then as an organisation, we've tried to do as much as we can that if people Google it, because I think that's what we all do if we're a bit unsure. So if someone yeah. puts in disabled access, Hillingdon Hospital or uh, you know, um, accessibility, Mount Vernon, that will also return in the Google search results. So hopefully people will find the information, um, but we're really keen to also work with the different staff and patient groups within the trust ongoingly to look at different ways that we can promote the, the service so that people who need to know that information can find it easily. Yeah. So can you talk us through in a bit more detail what information you provide and why it's important to provide this accessibility information? So I think you um, touched on it a bit ago when we were chatting a second ago about, um, you know, when you go to hospital, I think you know, you're always going to feel anxious because, as you say, it's a really big building. You're probably anxious about, you know, the reason for you going as well. So sort of our major objective with what we do is that we can remove accessibility as a worry so that you yeah, can focus on your an reason extra worry. for yeah. going. So like, trying to get rid of that extra worry. And so we collect really granular information so you know hundreds of photographs and thousands of pieces of information often per department and ward so that someone can look at in advance and see what the reality of that journey to and the facilities within that area of the hospital are um, so our aim is for either people to have a look at that information and go do you know what that that looks fine and actually I know now that I shouldn't go to the main entrance I should go to this other entrance because that's going to be less walking distance so it gives people sort of the best route for them and, and they can therefore turn up on site confident and, and be able to focus on their appointment. Or alternatively, if the information flags an issue, it enables that person to have a conversation in advance with trust colleagues. Because I think often lots can be done to make amendments and reasonable adjustments, but it's very difficult to do that on the day, you know, immediately before your appointment. So um, I'm actually based up in Lincolnshire and I grew up as a child carer for my dad, who was a wheelchair user. And we were able to use this information ourselves um, to talk with our local trust. And actually, um, my dad was asked to go in for a, a procedure. And for many other wheelchair users, the accessibility would have been fine because he was a power chair user. He was a really big guy, mm, had two carers. You know, actually, it presented a quite a lot of issues for us. And because we were able to sort of have that conversation, say, a week before the appointment, trust colleagues were like, OK, well, actually, we could do that procedure in this department. Would that give you the facilities you needed? So there was no sort of structural change to the estate. It was a simple move of that procedure. Yeah, but on sense, the day, you know. you know, it made a massive difference. And his his experience and his um, his care was better than if we turned up on the day and sort of had to try and struggle through or actually just had to rebook that procedure. So that's sort of where we're trying to get to with the service we provide with our NHS Trust partners to either lower anxiety okay. for a positive experience or look at that proactive conversation around adjustment. So what other issues might people with accessibility needs run into when they visit a new place? 
So I think it's really individual, but some of the really common ones we'll have is, you know, people needing to understand, you know, where can I park? And actually, particularly in a hospital, you could have perhaps multiple parking or real parking is at a real premium. So just trying to understand the reality of that. I mean, often people will say to us, you know, I've gone to the main entrance of somewhere, assuming that was the right entrance. Mm -hmm. And actually the, the entrance that is most appropriate was actually round the back. And then I had to walk, you know, I have difficulty walking. So I'd done an unnecessary journey. So that's a big one. Um, and I think toilets are always a really key thing people want to know about. So, you know, often you'll have an accessible toilet in a main entrance, but it's invariable that you're going to transfer left or right onto that toilet. So if you can only transfer one way, you know, suddenly yeah. having to have the stress of finding one that suits you, I think it's really, really important. So those are the things often that, that come up to us, things like parking, walking distances, toilet facilities. Um, but what we try and do as an organisation is look at what we call sort of a pan-disability perspective. So while we have lots of information that's helpful for someone who perhaps be a, might be a wheelchair user or has mobility related condition, we're also thinking looking at things like lighting levels, whether there's hearing assistance systems, um, sort of the type of signage all around a hospital or building, because we want to have that information that helps as many people as possible, perhaps perhaps people who are neurodiverse or have a mental health condition, where mm -hmm. actually having those guides can just provide that bit of reassurance about what to expect on the day. Brilliant. And the hospital at Hillingdon Hospital, as we mentioned, is being redeveloped. So we're hoping for a complete rebuild of the hospital. Are the access guides going to be up to date? So keeping the information up to date is a really big task for us and it's something yeah, that we're yeah. really committed to doing. Um, and so we're working with the states and facilities team within the trust to look at the best ways of making sure we're kept in the loop. So one of the great things about the information being available online is that we can update it overnight. So it's really quick to update. And so with things like perhaps wards or departments moving location, that can mm -hmm. be updated really quickly overnight. And then what we do is when we know there's a bigger change, so perhaps you know there's a, a refurbishment of a ward or perhaps changes to the main entrance or routes or parking, we actually send our team of surveyors back out to reassess those changes and get the guides updated. So yeah. it's key for us to have a good sort of ongoing conversation around that so we can make sure we're back on site in a timely fashion. Yeah, uh, can you tell us more about Accessable and the, the company, how it was set up? Sure. So Accessable's actually been um, going 23 years in May. Um, so we were set up back in 2000 by our founder and chair, Gregory, um, really as a direct result of his own personal experiences. So when he was 16, he um, contracted a brain illness and spent four years in a mixture of hospital and rehab um, before going back back home. Um, and he was a, as a new wheelchair user. And he was really struck by when he went back home and left hospital by how disabling his society was. Um, so whether that be sort of the physical barriers, say steps into a shop he wanted to access or people's attitudes. But one of the things that really struck him was that lack of information. He felt that, that would be a really empowering um, thing and looked around and thought, well, why is this information not there? Why is no one doing this? You know, at best, I'm finding a term like wheelchair friendly or disabled access and actually that doesn't mean anything for me and knowing whether that's yeah. going to meet my specific requirements so that's really where Accessable was born um, and we've always looked to co-produce everything we do with our end user community with disabled people um, and that's really important to us because we want to make sure we're having the biggest impact we can so the um, the service last year was used by five million people um, and okay. so our you know our aim is to help more and more people year on year uncover more and more places that people want and need to know about. And is it just hospitals that you provide access guides to or can people use this app and their website for other locations? 
Yes, it's a national app across the UK and we're trying to get more and more places on all the time. So we have about 70,000 places listed on the website. Uh, So all of those have been visited and assessed in person. Um, We do work with a growing number of NHS trusts. So we work with 90 NHS trusts at the moment. And um, we're trying um, very hard to look at a region system wide approach because we know that often a patient or visitor will see one NHS and not realise that one trust runs some services and then perhaps mental health or community services are run by another trust. So we can see a benefit to having yeah. system-wide. Um, but locally, we work with about 20 London boroughs, including Hillingdon, and we also work with Brunel University. So if people go onto the website and check out the trust's information, you'll see some information to other local, local organisations. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, please do take a look around the hospitals before you arrive using either the Accessable app or go onto the website or go onto the Trust website thh.nhs.uk and you'll find links to the appropriate department depending on where you're going. Um, and thank you very much. Thanks Lucy, great speaking to you. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Please do join in the conversation about this episode, tag us in social media and uh, send us any other comments and let us know your thoughts and we'll see you next time.